This episode of To Your Good Health Radio is being brought to you by Cardio Miracle, the ultimate nitric oxide booster with over 50 whole food, heart-healthy, bioavailable nutrients. Hi, this is Dr. David Freeman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Are you struggling with your weight, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, aches, pains, or a lack of energy? The food you're eating could be to blame. Today we explore the Whole30 Eating Plan with co-creator Melissa Hartwig. She's going to share how changing your relationship with food could be the key to achieving optimal health. Don't go away. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman. Changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a certified sports nutritionist, co-creator of the Whole30 Eating Plan, and a four-time New York Times best-selling author. She's been featured by Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, The Today Show, The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Shape Magazine, just to name a few. She was ranked number 27 on the top 100 most influential people in health and fitness. Her website, Whole30.com, provides support to over 2 million people every month. Here to tell us about her new books, The Whole30, 30 day by day and the whole 30 fast and easy cookbook welcome melissa hartwig hi dr friedman thank you so much for having me uh it's so great to have you on the show first for our listeners that aren't familiar with whole 30 share with us the basics sure you can think of the whole 30 like pushing the reset button with your health your habits and your relationship with food so it's not a weight loss plan it's not a quick fix it's designed to help you figure out how the foods you've been eating may be having a negative effect on your cravings, your metabolism, your digestion, or your immune system in ways that you might not even associate with your diet. Right. Great. Now, I've read that the Whole30 is kind of an all-or-nothing culinary boot camp of cleaning house within the body. If somebody cheats, they have to start all over. Share with us why there's no gray area on this eating plan. So that's true, and it's not because we're trying to be a boot camp or a hazing or these, you know, nutrition tough guys. At the heart, the Whole30 is an elimination diet designed to help identify food sensitivities. And when you are trying to compare and contrast what your life is like with or without these potentially problematic foods, you have to give it 100%. Even a small bite or a little bit here and there or just a day off can if you're sensitive to that food, can really throw off the results of this 30-day self-experiment. Yeah, and you must say a lot, like I say to patients, it's like, oh, it's going to take me four weeks to get better. I said, how long have you been hurting? Ten years? Yeah. Which four weeks? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like, and you know, yeah. The body has such a remarkable capacity to heal. If you are pulling some of these foods out and these were foods that you weren't necessarily doing well with, the body can really dramatically improve all kinds of systems very, very quickly. That's great. Share with us. So what are some of the foods that are allowed on the Whole30 program? So what you'll be eating for 30 days, and there's no calorie counting, no weighing, no calorie restriction. It's just eat good food. You'll be eating meat, seafood, and eggs in moderate portions. So it's Mm -hmm. not carnivorous because you're going to be balancing that off with lots and lots of plants, lots of vegetables, some fruit. And then you're adding good, healthy fats, things like avocado and extra virgin olive oil and olives and maybe some coconut oil or clarified butter, and then herbs, spices, and all kinds of fresh ingredients to help make really delicious, hearty, flavorful meals. Got it. And what are some of the off-limit foods that they have to avoid? So what you're avoiding for 30 days would be all forms of added sugar, 
all okay. forms of alcohol. We're pulling out grains. So that would be like breads and cereals and pasta and rice. We're pulling out all forms of legumes. So beans, peas, soy, and peanuts. And we're okay. also eliminating for the 30-day period all forms of dairy. So as part of the elimination, what we've figured out, the literature shows that these foods are really commonly problematic to varying degrees across a broad range of people. So to figure out if they're working or not working for you, you do this experiment. You pull them out. At the end of the 30 days, you reintroduce very carefully and systematically, and you compare your experience. Yeah, that's great. I like what you say in your book. You said there's no one-size-fits-all. Everyone has a different chemistry, metabolism, and food intolerance, and I agree with that. There's really no cookie cutter. And But when people introduce the foods back into their diet, I'm curious, is there one particular you found that flares people up the worst? I think two really commonly problematic triggers for people are sugar and gluten. Those are the ones that tend to have the most negative consequences. And we approach from a Whole30 perspective, we're approaching this not just from a physical reaction, we're also looking at your emotional connection to food and the psychological reaction you have to your food choices. And sugar, more than any other food, more people say they feel out of control around sugar or they're addicted to sugar. So reintroducing that can be pretty problematic. And then gluten can impact people negatively in such a variety of ways, whether it's skin or digestion or aches and pains or some kind of chronic pain or fatigue condition. So we advise people to pay very close attention when reintroducing gluten grain. So with no sugar, when they go back off the 30, is there something that can satisfy their sweet tooth that you do recommend to like stay away from this, but go for this? You know, I tend to not recommend like less bad institutions for sugar Uh cravings, what we're trying to do is get you to create new habits and break that emotional association with sugar and carbs. So if after a really difficult day at work, you usually come home and reward yourself with a bowl of ice cream, I don't necessarily want you to find a less bad sweet treat. I want you to think about what other behavior could I do to make myself feel comforted and loved and soothed in this moment that doesn't revolve around an unhealthy or sugary food. That's an interesting concept, yeah, because it is emotional eating. It really is, and, and people is. turn to their two best friends, Ben and Jerry, when they're stressed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do, exactly, exactly, and, you know, we really want to try to break those ties and those habits during the 30-day program. That's great. So tell us about your two new books. You've got the Whole30 Day-by-Day and the Whole30 Fast and Easy Cookbook. Yes, I'm so excited for these two offerings. They released December 5th. Whole30 Day-by-Day is essentially your field manual to the Whole30. So I've been watching people go through this program since 2009. I've watched hundreds of thousands of people go through it, and I can tell you with eerie accuracy what you're experiencing on any given day of the program. And so people tend to find that very comforting. Whole30 day-by-day is essentially a guide for every single day of your program where I'm giving you specific motivation, tips, resources, habit hacks, and guided journaling reflection for that specific day to help you stay connected to the process, track your progress, and see how far you've come once you get to the end of the program. Right. So the Whole30 Day-by-Day is a daily, kind of a handbook to keep people motivated, inspired, and then you're having at the same time a Whole30 Fast and Easy Cookbook, which actually would give them the delicious recipes that they're motivated motivated to go with. So it's a kind of a, a a compilation. It is a compilation. And, you know, Whole30 Fast and Easy basically came about because we had so many people say, I love eating this way. I love feeling this way. I don't want to make too many changes when my Whole30 is over. 
but you got to make it practical for me. I'm a busy working mom or a single dad or I'm a college student. I want to get hearty, delicious, compliant meals on the table, but I want to do it fast and easy. And that's what we've got, 150 recipes that have very little hands-on time, slow cooker meals, sheet pan suppers, or no-cook meals that have you getting weeknight dinner on the table super fast. Yeah, and, and fast and easy, those are two words that appeal to these hustle and bustle busy listeners. They're going, yeah, that's what I want. And then, yeah. uh, so, so how long, so give me an idea of time frame. If somebody's pressed for time, how long would it take for some of the recipes in your book? M- many of them can be made in 20 minutes or less using ingredients from any old grocery store. Oh, that's great. And what are, a couple, of your, what are, what are a couple of your favorite recipes in the book? Oh, there are so many. (laughs) There's there's like a sweet potato and kale and egg hash that you can make in the morning. So it's a one kind of sheet pan or like one dish meal, and it's got some eggs, and you can eat it any time of the day. It doesn't have to be for breakfast. But what I love the most about it is I think it's just as good the next day served cold as leftovers. So I'm all about, we're all about repurposing meals. So you make one, and then the next day you get to bring it for lunch, or you can have it for breakfast, and you're cooking once and eating two or three times. Oh, that's perfect. I know the Whole30 program does, uh, like you've mentioned, advocates eating some animal products. Are there any recipes in the new cookbook that our vegan listeners can eat? You know, it's really hard to do the Whole30 as a vegan because we're we're basically eliminating almost all of your plant protein sources. We do eat a lot of vegetables and fruit on the program. And I do have a vegan reset based on Whole30 principles, but taking into account your moral or ethical um, preferences in the book Food Freedom Forever. So that kind of, we outline a a vegan framework using Whole30 as a foundation in that book. That makes sense. And then what, what for like when we talked about the sweets, is there certain like foods that people could reach for for snacks in there, certain recipes that people watching a movie or something? That's what I tend to to snack and and nosh and comfort stuff. Is there something we we should reach for? We've got some snacks and shareable bites and party appetizers in all of our books. So across all of our cookbooks, we've even got holiday meals. If you wanted to prepare a Whole30 compliant Thanksgiving dish, we've got a recipe. We've got date night menus. We've got, you know, Super Bowl party appetizers. So if you wanted to Whole30 and serve your guests these delicious, satisfying meals and stay compliant with the program, I don't think your guests would even notice anything was off with these dishes. They're so delicious. That's great. So I know the first 30 days, I know you restrict foods and they slowly reintroduce them back into the system. Does your new cookbook offer recipes for both phases of the diet? So the, the new cookbook doesn't. And it's really hard to give people reintroduction recipes because everyone's reintroduction is going to look a little right. different. If you don't miss peanut butter, then don't reintroduce peanut butter. There's no reason for you to test it out if you don't want to eat it in your regular life. For some people, they already know they have a sensitivity to a certain food. Like, I know I have a dairy sensitivity. So every time I do the Whole30, I don't bother reintroducing cheese because I know how it makes me feel. So we do offer a ton of guidance for reintroduction in the Whole30 book, along with some general kind of suggestions for ways you could incorporate these reintroduced foods into your recipes. But there's no one-size-fits-all approach. We really let people kind of direct their own path with reintroduction. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that you, you're letting the body speak to itself because, you know, you really got to trust your gut, trust your body. You can't really read 
specifically every diet for everyone. So that's because some people have, like you said, your your cheese, you know, t- uh, tolerant. You have a problem with that, but somebody might have no problem with that. So how could you have one fits all? And a lot of exactly. diet books do the one. A lot of diet books do the one fits all, and, and I just don't see that working. So that's interesting. I did read there's some great side effects of Whole30, which includes improved energy, sleep, blood sugar, skin, and digestive health. How soon will people start to experience some of these changes? Before we continue, I want to tell you about an amazing product called Cardio Miracle. The number one cause of death in America is cardiovascular disease. On average, somebody dies of a heart attack or stroke every 36 seconds. The good news is you don't have to be a statistic. Young, old, and in between, we all need more nitric oxide in our bodies. It's essential for our overall health because it helps blood, nutrients, and oxygen travel throughout the body. Research shows a lack of nitric oxide may be associated with high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, and even erectile dysfunction. Cardio Miracle's ultimate nitric oxide advanced delivery system reaches a cellular level, so it starts to work within seconds. You also get over 50 whole food nutrients in every delicious scoop. I take Cardio Miracle every day, not just for my heart, but my entire body, and you should too. It's backed by science and a 60-day no-risk money-back guarantee. If you want to improve your heart health, increase your energy, mental clarity, and boost your immune system, order Cardio Miracle today. CardioMiracle.com and use promo code CardioNow for 20% off. CardioMiracle.com, promo code CardioNow. So this is something we're very upfront about, and we walk you through this in Whole30 day by day. The first 10 days can be rough. You are talking about making a major shift in how your body uses energy, in the foods you're using to comfort or self-soothe, in just your general daily habits. So the first 10 days, you'll probably experience a dip in energy, some lethargy, some crankiness, maybe some headaches if you're pulling a lot of sugar out of your diet. But by week two, you get into the phase we call tiger blood, where energy is humming, you're sleeping better, your mood is improved, you're starting to notice your pants are fitting a little looser, your skin is glowing, and the rest of the program tends to be a really positive experience for most people. Got it. So if people are doing the 30-day part and they don't want to stop that part because it feels so good, do they still need to stop and kind of go to the reintroduction? Interesting. You know, I had a patient recently come in suffering from chronic allergies and ear infections, and I found out she was a daily milk drinker, and I told her that could actually be the culprit, but she refused to believe the connection. She really thought it was the healthiest thing she could be drinking. But after convincing her to eliminate dairy for just two weeks, just try it, see what happens, she came back in, Melissa, with tears of joy in her eyes. Her symptoms were gone. You must hear stories like that every single day. I do. I'm smiling so big right now because, yes, it is You know, you tell someone, hey, you're coughing, maybe you should quit smoking, and people go, oh, yeah, okay, I make that association. But you tell someone, hey, you have really bad allergies, you should stop drinking milk, and they don't make the connection. You have to give them that connection for themselves. I hear stories like this every single day in ways that still continue to surprise even me. You know, these foods can impact you in so many different ways. Yeah, and it really goes back to that old saying that we hear so much, the cliche, you are what you eat, and that's really who you are, how you feel, your diseases, how you age, so it's, it really is, and people, we know the saying, but we don't really analyze that, wow, there's some science behind this. There is. There's a lot of science behind it. You're absolutely right, and if we can give people the experience that your patient had, pulling something out of her diet and seeing such an incredible improvement in quality of life, 
that is the most powerful experience she could have. More than you handing her any book or, you know, medical study. Having that personal experience is really what motivates people to change. That's right. I'm curious, who has, you mentioned how, you know, that first four weeks is the toughest. Is there somebody that has the hardest time sticking with that 30 days? Men, women, stay-at-home moms, or those at the office 40 hours a week? What have you found? Is there one group that you have to kind of boot camp a little bit more? I feel like the group that has the hardest time sticking with it are the ones who go into it feeling like they don't really need to plan and prepare. They come into it either overly confident or without having kind of read up as much as they should. You really have to plan and prep for a dietary change as significant as Whole30. You can no longer just like run to the cafe and grab your sandwich at lunch. You can't come home and order takeout pizza for dinner if you're feeling stressed. There are a lot of changes that need to be made. So if you don't plan and prepare, you're going to find yourself on day three or day five really overwhelmed, left without a plan. And when the brain doesn't have a plan, it's just going to go back to what's easy and rewarding. So that's why I think most people fail in the first week is that they just underestimated how much planning and prep they should do to see themselves through the first, like, 10 days. Yeah, I would imagine people that, like, travel for a living or, you know, that they eat out at restaurants during their break or hotel food, it must be tough for, to, to the be, I guess, Whole30 compliant. What's your idea for that? It is tough, and we provide a lot of resources to help people, again, ahead of time, plan and prepare I once did a Whole30 living entirely out of my car. We were on a 30-day road trip. We were dining out. We had a cooler full of food, staying in hotels and campsites. And uh-huh. I did it just to show people, look, this can be done even if you travel a lot. It just involves a little more planning and preparation, making food ahead of time, making sure you always have compliant snacks and food with you in case you, you know, your meeting run, runs long or your plane right. is delayed, researching the restaurant menu ahead of time maybe calling and inquiring. Almost every restaurant now is very familiar with people who have food sensitivities or allergies, and most are really willing to comply with your requested order. So if you just go into it saying, look, this is what I'm not eating right now. Here's what I can eat. Can you help me kind of figure out a dish that suits? Most restaurants are more than willing to help you. Yeah, and you mentioned just real briefly autoimmune disease. I know it's it's on the rise. So many people have this. It's just it's growing. Can the Whole30 program offer help, and how? how? How does that make a difference? We've seen such incredible transformations. And again, the Whole30 is not a medical elimination diet, right? I'm not a doctor prescribing it to patients. But when you heal the gut and calm the immune system, amazing things happen. We've had testimonials from a girl who had juvenile juvenile uh, rheumatoid arthritis who no longer has the RA markers. We've heard PCOS testimonials, chronic pain testimonials, Lyme disease testimonials. We've got a doctor in the Midwest using our program with his patients who have the most chronic uh, Lyme disease and having amazing results. So yeah, you know, when you let the immune system and the body do the job the way that it nature intended, really often things can happen in terms of symptom improvement. That's now, speaking of symptoms, so, so if somebody, they're doing the 30 days, and when they bring some of these uh, you know, foods back, what are some things they may experience as a sign they need to stay off of it? So people may not realize that that's the food. How, how do they know? Do you give a list of certain signs that if this happens with that food, it's probably not good for you? We do. We do give a list. We also make sure that reintroduction is very methodically carried out. So you're only reintroducing one food group at a time every three days. So it's kind of like a scientific experiment so that you can kind of identify the control factor and figure out what happens when you bring this food back in. But 
It could do everything from make your skin break out to impact your digestion in a negative way to bring back a chronic ache or pain. Maybe you get cravings. Maybe your joints get swollen. Maybe it affects your attention span or focus. So there are any number of kind of factors. Uh, Bloating is a really big one. We do give a list of things to kind of be on the lookout for after you reintroduce that food, both that day and the day after, because sometimes the effects are kind of lingering. Yeah, it's, you know, so interesting. You, you, you know, you and I kind of associate food with this, but so many people, they associate a negative side effect of food as getting fatter. That's it. Yes. <laughs> That's it. When you, all these things you're saying, they're like, huh? concentration? What's that got to do with the burger I ate? (laughs) Yes, it's so true. And that's why the Health 30 can be such a powerful experience. Because once you experience what life is like without these potentially problematic triggers, your energy is rocking, you're waking up without an alarm, your mood is better, your self-confidence is up, you no longer like wake up feeling like you look like you're three months pregnant to go back to these foods and then backslide to what life used to be like can be a huge wake up call for people. Yeah, and I think when people feel better, they got to say, all right, what's better, me being able to play catch with my kid, going out with my husband dancing, or feeling lousy eating that food that I used to love? I it's mean, It's true, it's, and it, 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 we are really careful to remind people it's only a 30-day experiment. That's it. At the end of the 30 days, if you reintroduce ice cream, and it makes your skin break out, and it gives you a stomach ache, but you love ice cream so much that you decide it's worth it to eat it once in a while, good for you. At least now you know how it's impacting you. Exactly. Whereas before, maybe they had it before bed every night and didn't know how it was impacting them, so they consumed too much of it. So that's good. Exactly. Yeah, you mentioned alcohol. I want to get back to that. Is wine off limits, or can somebody enjoy occasional glass, you know, sticking with the Whole30 protocols, or is it no alcohol? After your Whole30, you get to what we call live your food freedom. That means you get to make the decisions that are right for you. So I reintroduced red wine and discovered it just doesn't serve me. It gives me a headache. It makes me feel really dried out, even little amounts. So it's no longer worth it for me, and I don't enjoy it. For someone else, they might reintroduce red wine, and it doesn't have a huge negative impact, and they've figured out that they can have a glass or two once in a while and still look and feel as awesome as they want to look and feel, so they do, and that's great. That's right. What about coffee? Is Is that thumbs up or thumbs down? Coffee is allowed on the Whole30, which will make your listeners very, very happy. <laughs> yes, there. They go, oh, even the, even the first part, so they don't have to yes. kind of eliminate that. We're not eliminating coffee, but interestingly, a lot of people say that on the Whole30, they drink less coffee because if you can't add sugar to it, they find they don't want as much, which is interesting. Got it. A lot of people go for these smoothies now instead of a meal. What's your opinion on that? Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the fruit smoothies. It's like a whole huge whack load of sugar, not a lot of fat, not a lot of complete protein. Studies have shown that liquid food is not particularly satiating. I would much rather you do a full meal with maybe a couple of eggs and a bunch of roasted vegetables and a side of fruit than drink a big smoothie first thing in the morning. Yeah, plus it bombards you with all that sugar, whereas you don't have the fiber that you would eating the fruits. So yeah. Like, yeah, so that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And, and one point. thing I know that I want to go back to, because you mentioned the grains, gluten, and legumes off, off limits, or can they go back a little bit on that after, or is that one that you, you recommend no? No, you, any of the stuff that you eliminate on the Whole30, you are welcome to reintroduce and bring back into your regular diet if you decide it works for you. 
anything. So the Whole30 is really just a template for helping, you know, people, uh, diet book authors always say like, oh, you have to do what works for you. And then people go, okay, cool. But how do I know what works for me? The Whole30 is how you figure out what works for you. When your program is over, you get to create the perfect diet for you, whatever that looks like, based on what you learn during your program. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, this is fascinating stuff. So in the minute we have left, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know about your two latest books coming out? You're the first author in 18 years to have two books coming out at one time. So I, kudos uh, to you for being so busy putting two books out on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a very busy year, but both of these resources, I was so excited. I just like didn't want to wait on any of them. Um, I just want everyone to know that the Whole30 program is also completely available for free. The entirety of the program, the rules, the resources, the PDF downloads, the support through the Whole30 forum, all available for free on our website, Whole30.com. So we've got books and we've got great resources that you can purchase, but you don't have to. We want the program to be accessible to all. Oh, great stuff. Thanks for being so uh, with us today. You've shared some uh, great information and uh I think you made a few people smile today. Wow, I could do four weeks if it means blank. So that's fantastic. So thanks for being here. To learn more about the Whole30 program or to order your copy of Melissa's latest books, the Whole30 Day by Day and the Whole30 Fast and Easy Cookbook, go to Whole30.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for Melissa's free newsletter. Check out her blog post, Recipes and Meal Plans. You can follow Melissa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Whole30. For my daily health posts and tweets, follow me at Dr. David Friedman. Stay up to date on all of our latest health and wellness segments at toyourgoodhealthradio.com. Share this podcast with friends, family, and coworkers that could benefit from the information you heard Melissa share today. It's too good of stuff to keep to yourself. Share this information. You can also subscribe to our weekly podcast on iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well. This episode of To Your Good Health Radio was brought to you by Cardio Miracle, the ultimate nitric oxide booster with over 50 whole food heart-healthy nutrients. If you want to improve your heart health, increase your energy, mental clarity, and boost your immune system, order Cardio Miracle today at CardioMiracle.com. Use promo code CardioNow for 20% off. CardioMiracle.com, promo code CardioNow.